Hello everybody, welcome to tonight's episode 4 of Dice and Magic, prequel episode 5. I have Jack with me. Say hello Jack, introduce yourself. Hi everybody. <laughs> Hi. My name's Jack, how's it going? Oh we love it. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good after so long finally getting it getting it done. It is. I haven't it. really played D&D as much as I've really wanted to either. So, yeah, it's good to be one-on-one. Yeah, it's funny too, considering it's like, I remember when you, you were like, oh, hey, I was like, I'll, I'll play with you, because I was remember hitting you up to like help 3D print stuff. And you're like, hey, I'll actually play. And I was like, sweet ass, here's the books you need. Come play. And it was like the next week, and then you've just been pestering me ever since. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it sort of hit at that nexus point too, where I just got the printers. And I was like, just thinking, what, what can I print all the time? All the time. <laughs> 101 pieces of terrain, which exactly. are now in my cupboard and in your room. Yeah, and, and <laughs> more and more to go. Sick. Nah. Sick. Okay. Nah, it's fun though. All right, well, let's let's get started. I've got a fun one. I'm pretty excited about this. Let's get into it. <clears throat> so a dark and gloomy picture is painted here. Clouds flowing overhead like an, in, an inverted sea. A small cracks of lightning and thunder can be heard off in the distance. A storm is rolling into this land. And it seems like it's going to be a big one. A lone tower sits, atop, uh, sits alone on top of a small rocky hill. With a smaller building attached to the side at the base of said tower. Within the confines of this small workshop, uh, many bottles and beakers of uh, fluid there placed all haphazard around wherever there seems to be space. Um, some are uh, sitting with a heavy and thick stillness, while some bubble over with uh, bubble over with hot flames under them, and they're changing in bright colours. Like there's a lot of weird amalgamations of liquids and stuff going on here. Uh, crystals and stones of many shapes and sizes, colors uh, and shiny objects line the shelves along a back wall. Small bags of components lay strewn across any surface, not taken up by something else already. Uh, there's books and tomes spread out across a large desk. To the untrained eye, there isn't any apparent semblance of order, but this is where the methodical madness to which this story will begin. So with that being said, would you like to introduce Avatar, Avatus, to the listeners. Like, what's the, what's he look like? How does he carry himself? All those juicy details. Avatus, Avatus, you can't really see much of him. He's just draped in a in a cloak constantly. But one one thing that stands out from him is his mask. His mask with a long silvery beard of, I guess, like some otherworldly energy flowing from it. Um, it's like didn't we didn't we discuss it was like his mask was his arcane focus like that's what you channel a lot of your it helps you concentrate with your powers is that right um yeah not in the traditional sense of like or not in the traditional sense of like they have staffs and swords and blades and all that sort of stuff it's like this is like something that he has on all the time like that sort of thing yeah well it's Avatus Avatus if you, if you if you take his mask off is it's kind of like kind of like in back to the future he starts to fade away a little bit just every 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 passing moment he gets that little bit more transparent if, if you will um, but no what what gives Avatus his power is this, despite being a warlock he hasn't necessarily entered a pact mm. he has um, his power is derived from the power which is imbued in this mask. 
Mm. Um, I do have a name for it written down, but it'll, his mask will become much more relevant anyway later on. So yeah, you'll, for, you'll learn the name of the mask. For a lot of the people that are listening, we've, um, Jack and I have always been on like the technical point where it's like we like to take the... Whenever we do characters for Jack, we always like bend the rules and change it up really hard. So there's a bit of a... It's a weird wishy-washy homebrewy sort of thing with the warlock at the moment. It's in the spirit. It's in the spirit, yeah. It's um, but it's cool. It's fun to have that one thing. It's like just so different, unique. It's fun. Exactly. But but even for Abinus being like this, like you said, being like this weird ethereal, like he's a physical character, but he's like kind of ethereal at the same time, and the mask sort of keeps him together. He's still quite young comparatively, like oh, by, yeah. by this standard, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, like, I don't want to go too far into his backstory because there's so many spoilers in that. Hey, we're getting but, there. We're getting we're, there. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> but like, I've got it written out. Let's, let's just say, like, Avatars has uh, a lot of different personalities, like competing inside of him <laughs> at, at once. So we we love yeah, that sort of and, stuff, and that's what helps gives him give him physical form. Yeah, <laughs> we love that we love the mask. juicy goss. Exactly the inner turmoil. Well, so you've been at these writings for days now, looking for <coughs> something, anything, to help to stop what is incoming. A last-ditch attempt to stop something only known as the Cataclysm. The Cabinet Electorate are partially responsible for the current events unfolding as they are. The Cabinet Electorate are a group of high-class individuals that are, are legal represent representatives businessmen, bankers, and teachers that are the only physical bodies that are allowed to vote on the future of the land that they have assumed control over. Standing against the cabinet electorate are the group with whom your family has stood with and had peace with for many years, which are called the Ilshem. The Ilshem are a collective of local shamans, druids, witches, and wizards who have stood against the cabinet's gentrification and desecration of magical lands and groves. Their constant seeking of more land and more construction of newer buildings and, and construction infrastructures have led to an awakening. Something ancient slumbered deep underground and unfortunately uh, has awoken and began to carve a path through the many mountains and the countrysides where you call home. Excuse me. An embodiment of primordial anger, uh, wrath, pain and sadness. This is what builds the cataclysm now your brother tritus who's somewhat some 10 years older than you give or take is a powerful archmage he has been the mediator of sorts between the ill shem and the cabinet electorate for many years he usually adorns long flowing dark and purple robes very not dissimilar to yourself um his tidy black hair cut short and brushed slightly backwards he wears gold rim glasses that always seem to be sitting on the edge of his nose uh he demands respect whenever he walks into a room, yet he gives it in kind to a lot of people. Um, obviously, the major difference between you is he is physically bodied, like a physical, able body, whereas yours is different. And that's been a lot of the research between him being so good at Archmage is they're trying to figure out exactly why, as you came into being a young adult, you woke up one day and just went... <laughs> and just started going away. He was the one that designed the mask. And he's gone, hey, this is going to help you. So he's got the ability, he's got the power to do these sort of things, but he's taken it upon himself to find a solution and stop the, the cataclysm at any cost that he deems necessary. 
This evening, however, he looks not as you remember him, and you usually see him. His tidy hair is unkempt in place of his robes. He wears simple brown trousers with boots and a white shirt with long but dirty sleeves. His glasses are dangling at the edge of his nose as he rushes over his papers and notes. And you see he rushes towards you. He's like, little brother, hand me that tome. And he's pointing He's pointing in a general direction, but you're like not at a, a book specifically. You'll have to be more specific, brother. And he's like, corrects the glass. He's like, the darker brown one. And you see like where he's pointing and there's like, a stack of about eight books, and then you just see the edge of the dark brown one at the bottom. <laughs> it's like he remembers it's there. Very specific. Very specific. So, and he's like clicking his fingers. He's like, time is of the essence, but he's like not in a rude way. He's like trying to go, go quick. But you pass him, you yank the book out, pile comes down. He's like, I'll get to that later. <laughs> he starts frantically flipping through the pages and you watch like has his eyes dance across the pages at like an abnormally quick pace like he's just gotten so used to being able to read read quickly sometimes you wonder how he takes the word at such a speed like it's just like it goes through but there's a moment where he stops and at one page and his breathing slows down and slowly but surely a small smile creeps across his face and he slowly starts walking towards him and he's like brother I think I have it the cataclysm, while magical in nature, is channeling natural magics and abilities, wind, earth, fire, and electricity. As he walks towards a large tall port, he like <laughs> wheels it off, and <laughs> he grabs a near non-existent piece of chalk, like we're talking like at the decimal point of like length, and he starts to scrawl a diagram of the cataclysm. Like, <laughs> it's the way he draws it is like it's an enormous cloud with lightning wrapping around the edges and what seems like fire and brimstone on the inside. With, the, with like small orbitable bodies like boulders and like stones and stuff and there's somewhere it looks like the large flaming stones can be hurled from it and all that sort of like he's done this huge diagram to get a good example of it excuse me and he goes the trick to stopping something of this magnitude you see is the ability to implode it from the inside do you understand he's like looking at you like his eyes freaking I think I do brother it's um and his uh, his eyes widen again, and he starts like frantically moving about around the, his laboratory, and he starts ripping more books off the shelves. And he's quickly opening to one page. Then, not soon after, he just drops the book on the spot, turns and grabs another one, opens that to another page, and he's flicking through. Before and the book hits the ground, I make I it disappears into a puff of smoke and lands back where it was. If you look after your books a lot more, brother, I wouldn't have to pick up so much after you. And he, he turns to you. Like, what? No, don't be silly. That's why we have the cleaning up spells and stuff in the first place. Don't be so brash. There's more important things. Who do you things. think uses them? Touche. And then it keeps moving. Um, right now, I'll, give you, I'll let you roll an insight check for me. And then let me know what you get. I apologize for the bottle cracking, but I'm thirsty. Uh, skills and abilities on the end of your Oh. I was seeing that tapping something. It wouldn't... It, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it was like, what? what you're not giving me the uh, what it should be. Oh, okay. It's nothing anyway. 18. 
Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, at 18, you know your brother tried us better than anybody else. By how he's acting, how quickly he's pacing through and just burning through all his books, he's just gotten another idea. Like something, like a light bulb has gone off his head, and he's starting to like, like the red, the red strings coming together, and he's piecing it together. And you hear his side mutter, he's like, oh, yes. Mm, yes. Drops another book, rolls off. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, I see. And he's like, and he finally he stops on the spot and just spins on a dime. And he looks at you and he's like, You found this, something. Oh, something. I was just little brother. I believe I can stop this. I'm positive I can. I may need your help. Anything. You see, he's like, starts thinking. He's like, we must go. And Harvey, Harvey Brothers' dialogue is his hands. He's, like, he's acting through his hands a lot. And he's like, we must go to the top of the tower. We must wait. As the cataclysm draws closer, I will begin to cast an, ex an explosive spell. Hopefully, I can pass enough of a charge into the core of this beast to implode it from the inside out and stop it in its tracks. He starts counting his fingers. He's mumbling to himself. And he goes, while I was sending preliminary charge into the main body of the beast I'll have the other members of the Ilshem send smaller charges into openings on the body around it and hopefully with enough power there will be an explosion and then an implosion like a and he, like, he acts out the sound and like claps his hands together like a rip uh, it's very dis not dissimilar to a rip but with enough force that it's going to close itself without any outside interference and by this point, it's like, he's starting to get very cartoonish, but then you realize it's like, he's basically like five centimeters away from your face. Like he's like, he's just slowly walked in and got closer. Like he, you're a little bit taller than he is, but like he's much older than you, but he's like looking through like the eye holes on your mask. And he's like, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> and he like, he grabs your like your face and shakes and he's like, oh, we've done it, Avatus. We can fix it. And he like happily streets around the room, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like throwing his books up in the air, like, like he's so, he's so confident that he's found the answer. And he like, he runs up and he like wraps you in a like, like a brotherly tight embrace. And he's like, thank you, little brother. Of course, with my with my strength of eight, I'm more or less a twig, so I don't know what he'd be hugging. A tall, a tall twig, a tall twig, mm, a tall twig, twig. <laughs> a tall ethereal twig. But you see that when he lets you go and he stands back, um, he starts staring off again in the distance blankly, like seemingly glazing over in the eyes with another thought as it like passes through his brain. And in a split second, he looks to you urgently, like with in his eyes, and he goes to the top of the tower now. And he steps on his heel and just takes off up the steps at like this ridiculous speed. And then he gets like halfway in and he comes back down. He's like, What are you coming? And then he begins to like run up again. <laughs> what do you do? How, how, how else am I supposed to do except follow my brother in the best manner I can <laughs> as I stumble forward? <laughs> so the stairs towards the top of the tower, like, even when now, even now, as like this like weird semi-corporeal ethereal being like they were always such a grueling climb like ever, ever since we were a young boy they've always been a challenge yet somehow every time Tritus always seems to bound up them with just amazing Stairs. ease yeah like, he, like he's taken two at a time like huh, huh, huh. 
to the top. So when you two finally make it to the clearing uh, at the top of the tower, it's a view that you've seen hundreds of times in your lifetime, but it's being cast in a different light. At the top of the tower, you have a 360 degree view of the surrounding fields and the mountain range. To your south, far off in the distance, you, three, you see three tall spires. This is the home of the cabinet electorate where most meetings are held, documents are signed, and most cries upon their morality are left unheard and chose they choose not to listen. To the northeast is a large elongated mountain range that like just extends left and right like for so long as far as the eye can see. Ice covered peaks looking like stone at the tops and they look like fingers scraping across the, the heel of the sky. The color of the sky itself is the last like piece of the picture that you really see. The clouds are like a dreadful darkened gray and the sky even grayer still. So whatever bits of the sky pass through the clouds is like this, just no life to it, there's no color. A little bright light passes through on the cloud cover, through the cloud cover to illuminate the ground below. On the land beneath, slightly away from the tower, there are, you see offset down, there are a multitude of tents that are set up around in the small fields. You see many blips where there's like lights of many lanterns cutting through and the small fires where there are groups of humans and humanoids and other races uh, prepping meals and getting warmth. You see as Tritus moves towards this large golden telescope that he set up uh, facing the mountain range. It's this long shiny gold with like an enormous bulbous lens at the end. Intricate gold filigree among every other plate and then around the entire circumference are like six or seven different lengths and shapes of like other lenses so you can get like different distances and stuff uh you see that he just grabs the main handle and just looks to like right down like the cannon of like the big one and he takes a bit of a second without breaking his line aside he reaches a hand over he like ushers to you and he's like have a look little brother and he like pulls you in to like look into the telescope telescope um, lens clicks onto my mask yes. <laughs> um well perception check with advantage and just let me know what you get Always on the wrong thing. Always the way. Like, until I know. Oh, it's also scary. Charisma. 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 Nah. Perception. Wisdom. I don't think I've done this properly. So, advantage possible? Advantage. So, no, you just roll again and pick the higher one. So, that's 11. 12. 12. <laughs> hey. So, with a 12, um, as you peek through, it's like, it's hard to discern a lot of, like, the way the tents are set up and who's there and faces like you don't really see anybody you recognize um the only main thing you see is you see there's um there's seven what look like small fires and cauldrons um with uh cloaked figures all wearing different sort of garbs like mixing the pots and stuff together and you you would assume it's like they're just other druids and shamans and wizards from the Ilkshem and all that sort of stuff you you feel Tritus's hand uh like on your shoulder and he goes those are the seven those seven are the strongest spell casters in the land they have prepped to be at the base of the mountain where we believe the cataclysm is going to break through on its current path if we have them there we can catch it as it comes through should we go warn them down there and he's like oh no 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 he's like, they, they are ready they are awake as much as they can be they take watches they have guards there they are prepped in case anything happens. We've tried to pre-plan and cover every basis that we can. It's just, when you look out over the distance and see, it's very, 
It's frightening to make something so concrete. I've been alive a long time, little brother. You frighten me, brother. And he, he, he looks, and he's like, very funny. And like just taps the forehead of your mask. He's like, I still... He's like, nothing, believe me, nothing frightens me as more as when you take that thing off. And tap it, and you're like... You're, you're fading away. That's a peculiar parlor trick, and I'll be sure to fix that as soon as I can. Or at least try to figure out what's happening. I like being able to fade away. Sometimes it's good to go into a corner. <laughs> he laughs, and he's like, believe me, when I was... When I was studying, being in a corner was... a lot more comfortable for me as well. So I understand. With that, as, like, as he's talking to you, see... He gets a little bit sad in the face. And he's like, I know we we haven't had a lot of time since your change to work on your skills yet. Or what you can truly do with your powers. Not being able to understand what magical entity has blessed you with your abilities, I'm sure is as nerve-wracking for you as it is for me. But we'll get through this, Avatus. And the world will be better for it. And we can learn together. And with that, he... Pulls you into another hug and then taps you on the shoulder and he begins to descend the stairs. Seemingly to go retire for the night, you know, get ready for another day. Is there anything that you wanted to do or anything you wanted to follow up with before you before you retire for the evening? Anything like that? Um, are they still standing at the top of a mountain? Sorry? Am I still standing? You're on the top of the tower. Oh, yeah. Facing the mountain, the yeah. Is there much to do around the tower? The only thing you can really do is maybe, like, you could probably just do, like, more perception checks to try and take it. Like, another perception check with advantage if you use a telescope to try and, like, take in exactly what's happening down. <clears throat> but you basically determine that, like, Avidus, I mean, Tritus gave you the base. Like, you know what's going on there. It's more so it's just a waiting game by this point. Alright, I guess I'll retire then. Alrighty. So as you retire into your uh, chambers for the night, um, sleep itself comes to you quite easily, but you you feel like your eyelids or like the existence of what you believe would be your eyelids, uh, you find them exceptionally heavy, like, like the tiredness is catching you. And sure enough, you find yourself being pulled into the void that is unconsciousness. But it's once you're within your dream, that's when things start feeling different. In like a a blind flash it's like you're standing on a dirt road uh, going forwards in front of you and backwards to behind you across the landscape that you can see is naught but dirt stone and gravel with a couple of trees peppering every couple of feet looking like bony hands of death reaching out to something but the thing that really catches your attention and more so blocks your ability to take in anything else is this heavy fog that floats all around you dissipating what seems to be what light seems to be coming through like from the top it also obscures your vision slightly roughly everything about 60 feet out give or take starts to blur and like slowly lose itself more to the fog and it makes it hard for you to focus on as far as what you hear the occasional stone rolling and chipping on another is heard like something coming off like a little rocky face or something but the one thing that gives you the worst chill is the low wind that like 
where I'm almost through. Like, it's almost that lower, that frequency where it's like you feel it more so before you hear it, which is kind of weird. And in your dream, when you like look down at your hands, it's like you realize in your dream, you don't have your mask and you're completely corporeal. So this iteration of yourself in your dream is you just as a young, like as a young adult before you became what you are. So in this... I've had this dream before. You've had some like it. You've had some like it, but it's basically the same layout, a path forward and a path backwards and fog and the light being broken by the fog. But like that weird chill of the whistling is starting to throw you a little bit because that's like... You're physically uncomfortable. It's always there. Mm. So what are you... What are you going to do? Just making sure I got some sort of telekinesis built into this. Could, would I be able to? So I'm surrounded by fog. Fog, yes. Can I blast that away? You could absolutely try. Yeah, definitely make um like using eldritch blast or using a spell or like an ability. <laughs> just overkill. Just take this fog. <laughs> Um, sure, surely I've got. This is why it's good to have character sheets. Damn, 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 damn. Um, all right, yeah. Can I just like just blast it away and just like use like a sh- flat, say, charisma or intelligence check or something for something like that? Oh, you know what? Just roll me an attack roll, like basically it's like trying to concentrate your Eldritch just... Blast and just see what happens, yeah. Alright, so... Let's see what I get out of that. 11. Yeah, plus 2 or something on that. Or plus 4. Uh, 15. So, being in this dream that you've had before and feeling this weird sense of unease that you've not had before, you get curious you the one thing one of the few things that you know you can do is you can with this ability the abilities that you've taken is you can channel force energy and like just shoot out this concussive beam so you do like this like swing your hands in and just and you shoot this beam like this weird what color do you think it would be it's orange orange nice so this like orange beam comes out and you watch it just go through it and the fog dissipates like because it's a force and then as quickly as it goes you just watch it go and the the fog comes back like it's naturally going to keep this weird shape like to obscure your vision so it's like you have the ability to go through it but like every time you like break it it's just going to go and just sort of connect itself back together does it smell like anything? Romy perception. Sweet. Twenty. <laughs> oh, I watched it spin to a star. I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch so you close your eyes and you you pull back in yourself and you try to like expand your mind. You're like, what what's different here yeah, that what I can senses can I use? Yeah, what am I picking what are you picking up? What you It's 
as you're really picking up. So we, you know the fog's moving, you know the fog can dissipate, but you know it'll reform when you pass through it. As you sit there and try to open up your senses to everything else, you go, give it a bit of a sniff. And there's that, you know that like, early morning after you've been camping and you've had a bonfire and like the smoke has made that really nice smoky wood, charred wood smell. Mm -hmm. You get a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Just, just sort of flow through this road. My memory. Perhaps. Maybe. But as you open your eyes and you start trying to take in visually, see if you can see past anything, you start catching these little black specks floating down. It like black and grayish. It almost looks like snow, like as it like passes through the fog, and then one of them just goes and just hits you on the nose, and you you wipe it, and it's ash. As you wipe it with your finger, it begins to spread onto your finger, and then there's more, and there's more ash, and it starts softly tapping you, like a like, like snowfall, and as like some kind of illusion the light that was just barely breaking through the fog what you would perceive to be a sun of some sort some cosmic body begins to move like the sun arcing through the sky yet much much faster and not in a natural direction the light crests over the top of you and arcs around and with a few moments finds purchase away from you uh, on the earth much further in the distance and all of a sudden there's next to no light but this weird dim like that weird twilight as the moon begins to come out but there's no like big light and you can still see but the light has stopped and you see it slowly off in the distance through the fog with this like weird low moonlight below you Oh, sorry, over the top of you. Uh, what would you like to do now? Walk towards it. Go towards it. Right, so as you begin walking, your boots like hitting the stone, the gravel. There's that soft little echo. It's so quiet here. Bar that like that whistling. Uh, as you're walking, give me another perception check. Five. On a five. Um, with five, you're not noticing any immediate differences as you keep walking. Um, but that little whisper of wind starts picking up a little bit. Um, it gets louder or? Yeah, it gets louder. And as you keep walking, a couple more minutes, as you, you finally, you slowly begins to come closer and come closer. It starts getting louder and louder and louder. And you see, you actually notice the fog start going in the direction where the wind's pulling you it's pulling you towards the light where you're walking and it picks up and it picks up and it picks up and it picks up and all of a sudden like within a couple of seconds it's just turned into this sudden gust and it starts pulling you I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw please mm, don't think I put anything into that oh yes I did Here we go. Finally, Does that work? Yes. Was it real? 
There we go. Uh, 17. Nice. I just so, wanted to see if that worked on there. But no, fair enough. You're all good. So with a 15, as you're getting pulled, you lean back a little bit and you like dig your heels and posture yourself against this unrelenting wind and you're able to hold yourself upright. So like you like suck into your core, you like hold down, hunker down. But you feel like even with the unrelenting wind, it's like you're staying upright. Even with a firm stance, you just start getting dragged along the dirt. I'm not going to try and resist that. <laughs> and so... I'm just going to... I'm going to thrash lightly, but... I'm going to still try and just mainly hit something with my stick. <laughs> just grab a staff. stick. So like, oh, oh, do you have your, would you uh, think your staff no, would be in your dream? No, I staff in that. No, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't no, have my staff. I was going to say, it wouldn't be in your dream. No. So as you, you start getting dragged, like, like full, full speed. I as, mainly complain. I, I use complain my charisma to, to complain. To... <laughs> uh, you feel as like slowly some like rocks and stuff like jab you in the legs as they like kick up off the ground as you get dragged but you still maintain your posture and finally as quickly as it started the wind stops as your eyes finally readjust as you like trying to take everything that's happened you see the fog is nearly entirely gone and there's more to be taken in from this landscape that you're in it seems that you aren't on an open plot of land as much as you're actually in a deep chasm adjacent to you a good like maybe 35 ish 40 feet away on either side is sheer drops from work walls uh very very high basically it's like passing through the chasm to like, keep you on the path it's inception <laughs> but the dead bark um you see that like there's there's dead trees that are still peppering on the other side but you find like all their bark's been like peeled off and it's like like that wind was really strong and then as you're like taking everything in that sound of like the rocks falling off like comes off and like you look over to the right hand side and you see it over um over the cresting of the um the sheer drop on your right hand side rocks and boulders begin to crumble and tumble down as the earth begins to shake and with a split within a split second the rock wall bursts open sending heated like heated mag magma covered boulders flying around you everywhere um, the ground shakes with a violent fury as the seemingly living flame monstrosity churns and its fire outputs this incredible heat they cast sanctuaries yeah. <laughs> actually I don't think sanctuary works like that does it um, I think a okay, sanctuary oh no it just means that if any so what is if I get hit by any of those rocks that means that this thing has to take a wisdom saving throw <laughs> No, it's okay. The rocks don't hit you. They hit around you. Yes, they hit around me. You could only piece together that this thing is the cataclysm. Everything that your brother has told you, everything that you have read, and everything you have learned, it is just this embodiment of rage and fury and a primordial sense of power. And you watch as, like, what would be a quote-unquote hand peeks through one of the gra the holes the hole one peeks on the other side and this giant flaming entity pulls itself out and it slithers in in front of you and like lands up and as you watch all of it comes together and slowly takes a viscous but very loose form of a giant snake with two beaming red like firing eyes that look like like embers like jewels 
amongst like all this smoke and you watch it's like the Cerberus the mouth oh like a mouth opens up and like this huge flaming tongue but it's like black smoke and it's like and it just towers over you at this exact moment in time what's going through your head I thought it'd be a bit bigger (laughs) so you see this weird intrinsic thought where you're just like like your your mind goes more intuitive than in fear yes the cataclysm starts moving towards you well as far as I'm concerned this is sort of a dream right now so fair fair as it moves towards you it starts tearing up whatever earth it touches and leaving nothing but searing earth and stone in its wake this is becoming less and less like a dream (laughs) and before you know before you know it's too late uh, the creature is basically on top of you, standing over over you. And at this last split second where you figuratively feel your heart stop, you're like, oh my god, I'm going down, even if this is a dream. There's the, You hear this weird, like, humming. And as the world around you begins, begins to go black as the smoke of the beast, like, fills everything and stops all light coming through you feel like this weird bubble that close around you and as you slip back into the darkness it's like like this weird like it's like a pre-echo before a main voice comes in like uh, don't worry child there'll be time for that yet it's okay I wasn't <laughs> well done and then you wake up your, your the physicality that you have left for your body is shaking. Um, if I don't know if you still sweat, but if you do, you probably are covered in it. <laughs> it's ethereal sweat. <laughs> Floats up. <laughs> yes. Um, you actually wake up to the sound of Tritus banging around in his quarters just below you, and in the tower because like Sim was down, and eventually he's quickened footsteps, and he gets to the front of your door, and he like swings and like slams the door open. And seeing your brother now is like more like looking at something of a bad dream. He looks panicked. His hair's in a craze. His glasses are barely hanging on his nose. His eyes wide at you. And he's like, it's here. And then he disappears, moving up the tower. I use my cane to get up and quickly follow after my brother. Lovely. So, you... Like, you're an ethereal being, but like, you obviously still have weight. You still have a physicality. Mm. It's It's more like if your skin was like a weird translucent shell and like it fades and dissipates, like you still have this weight and you feel it. You scale the stairs of this tower faster than you think you've ever done it before. Your legs burning as you make it to the top floor of the tower. And as you finally get there, across the horizon along the mountain range, you see it. Within the body of the mountain, a gigantic hole has erupted. Uh, You see humongous bulges are being, bulges, humongous boulders bulges are being flung through the air and drenched including fire and magma and little bits of electricity going around uh, humongous tendrils of flame and stone with the crackling electricity running along the outside you watch as like from the hole in this mountain the entity pulls itself up with this hefty gargantuan weight as the hole in the mountain hey, I've blows out like this hey they're like do you say that openly like do you, are you actually in my say head. that no oh, geez. Oh, geez. 
And you watch this, like, the hefty, this gargantuan weight of this creature pulls out. And instead of, like, in your dream, where it took the form of a snake, it becomes just this churning tornado. Instead of giving itself a shape, it just acts as a natural entity. But you watch as, like, this, it, like, slowly starts, like, smaller from when it comes out of the hole. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it's, like, nearly three or four times as tall and as big as the tower that you're on yeah, and you're it like was a lot bigger than in my dream oh yeah the cataclysm is here and its path is set so you watch as Tritus stands on the edge of the tower like peeking out with his hands on the right like on the guard the guard railing thing and he's like looking over the edge of the tower glancing out taking the battlefield and the lay of the land you watch as he slowly reaches up to his face and he can I do an arcana check for any like any creature I might know that's like that sure give sort of me yeah give me an arcana check and i'll say this is you basically like trying to focus in and reach out and see if you can pull any sort of idea about what this thing is 17 17 with a 17 what you get from it is it's ancient and it's powerful, and it's angry. Right? Now give me a second here. Um, so there is a being. It's not just some weather event. Yes, yes. Um, can I have you make a wisdom saving throw, please? Well, because you look as Tritus looks to you, and he gets confused, and he quickly goes, like, swirls... <laughs> Puts his hands together. 15. Okay, so you fail. So what he's done oh is no. he's, he's done detect thoughts and he listens in and he looks at you and he goes, this magic little brother is an ancient creature. I don't believe it's malevolent, but it's upset and it's angry. But it cannot be stopped by reasoning with it. And then he turns back. Uh, and you watch as he takes his glasses off. And, and he actually quickly walks over and he hands them to you. And he goes, I've been eating these back, little brother. Let's get to work. And he gets to the, gets to the edge and you watch as he like rolls his sleeves up and brushes his hair back. He's like, okay, okay. Been a while. Let's go. Let's do it. And he cuts his hands together. And he goes, I'm going to need to start pumping charges into this beast. I'm going to need you to keep me covered if you can. I don't know what else this beast is going to be able to send our way. As you see, as he pushes his hands to his chest, and you watch as he, like, twists his hand, and then within a moment, he begins floating, and then sends himself over to the edge of the top of the tower, and he rolls back, and then his eyes start burning with, like, purple, like, energy, and, like, a little electric bolt, like like around his head and and his hands begin to burn like this purple energy and as he puts them together um from his hands as he shoots it out it's like this long arching glow not unlike electricity as it flies from his hands towards the beast like a little bit more liquid uh the druids and the shamans that uh you know like that were camped out in the clearing rush out from their tents and stuff and the seven that were at the circle also begin 
like casting like in a different array of colors like every color of the spectrum is here it's like when they all draw their powers from different beliefs and faiths and it's just like this if it wasn't such a dire time it'd almost be beautiful but you know times call for unfortunate things and as you see as this giant tornado entity beast monster so it's like churning through you watch from the side it's like and and flaming boulders come out and start orbiting it in like one of those weird like weird arches like one goes up and down one goes down and up and they sort of intersect each other they never hit each other um and Tritus looks to you quickly for the first time with worry in his flaming purple eyes. I look at like, him just as worriedly. Yeah, through the mask. Through the mask. He can see the whites of my eyes. And he's like, Abatus, the boulders, take them down. So, this is a little funnel that I've done. This is how this is going to work. So, Tritus is going to be pumping the Cataclysm with as much magical charge as he can with his specially created spell. He's asked... He's asking you to take out the orbiting boulders to try and maintain some sense of safety. So it's basically a combat scenario where it's yourself and Tritus against the Cataclysm. So there are four very large boulders that yourself and Tritus need to destroy or risk having the tower destroyed. Um, so... So I can target the boulders? Yes, you're going to be targeting. You're going to be targeting the boulders. So this is not really going to be initiative in the sense. What I'm going to do is I'm going to roll this D4 and with an added number that you don't know... I'm going to determine how many rounds you have until hopefully maybe something bad doesn't happen or something bad something does happen. Can I use my lucky ability, my lucky feat on that to make you do an additional d20 if I don't like the roll? (laughs) I didn't really roll a d20 with it. (laughs) Or whatever you use to roll with it. Nothing is. Actually, no, sorry, I've misread this. Whenever you make an attack roll, ability roll, or saving throw, I've misread that. Delete that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> You're all good. There's heaps of there's heaps of those, and that's all good. Um, oh yeah, there's just like um, every time I cough. Literally. So what's going to happen here is so how this is going to work is basically it's not really a combat thing because it's like it's a sentient being, but it's not. It's not obviously going to act in turn and like like try to strategically do something. It's just got four spinning boulders and it's coming forward. So, what you get to do right now is, we are going to, your job is to take down the boulder. So at this point, from where you are in the tower, to where the, the, um, where the cataclysm is, it's about 300 feet range, which is the average range for most of your long spells and stuff. So your job is to try and take out those four boulders as it gradually, slowly catches up. So what I'm going to do is, you know what? Grab a D20 and let's just roll an initiative real quick just to give me an idea sure. of how the distance is going to work. Seven. Oh, so... Okay, it's yep. Fun. What's your... What's your dex modifier? Um... Um, plus two. Okay, we're gonna play a game of rollies. Roll a d20 again. Uh, 
Okay, so that's you. Lovely. Okay. So, as Tritus floats and he's firing this, this um, beam of energy, um, the cataclysm comes in and it pushes through about another 50 feet. So it's about 250 feet away. Uh, the boulder's still going with the lightning crackling out. Um, next is going to be you. So this is basically your turn to try and do what you're going to do to help to stop it. Tritus asking you, the boat is little brother. All right. So how far away am I from the spinning boulder? On the tower, two hundred and fifty feet. Two hundred and fifty. Ooh, this is out of my range, isn't it? Uh, yeah, just that's gonna be way out of my range. Um, I'll move. Let me see what I have to move. Yeah, I can get my calculator out. Well, how many feet away from it? 250. <clears throat> I have to start moving over there. Um, can I move? I'll be 30 feet over towards it. <clears throat> 30 feet. If I can. I mean, like, as comfortably as I can without exposing myself. Well, so if I'm moving at 30 feet, it's basically you're going to try and move over the tower. But, okay, so you're looking to move, correct? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you put, if you move 30 feet, you're going to get yourself to the edge of the tower. It's going to be 220. But you, you, to get out, you're going to have to, like, jump off the tower or somehow get yourself down to the ground. Scary flaming tornado. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what to do. Um, this is so different without having a battlefield in front of you. you it is a little bit different. Well, it's all like this. You can st you can still just ready in action, and just have it prep for like the second it comes into, the second that um, it comes into field. Mm. It'll um, you can fire one off, and that does. And then you can obviously, if you're next in initiative, you can get your turn again. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like. Um, I'll cast uh, Sanctuary. Nice. On. Do myself or Tritus? Because Tritus is the one that would sort of get attacked, wouldn't he, I guess? If anything goes to attack him, yes, but at this point in time, it looks like that this thing's just moving forward. Mm. Yeah, I'll put. I'll use Sanctuary on me. Okay, cool. Is that a bonus action or an action? That's just an action. Nice. Alrighty, and that's... You gonna stop with that? Well, anything that... Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. So, as... Tritus watches you, like... Cast Sanctuary and like this... Ting! <laughs> glow comes over you. Um, he starts looking and trying to, like, get a layer of what he's gonna do. And he is going to... He's got all these spells. Well, but he is also going to ready in action. So you find as he he as he's floating, he puts one hand down, 
and he's keeping the purple beam going with his eyes still crackling but then he starts charging like this like blue energy in his hand and it's like <laughs> and you watch as the cataclysm starts moving in closer again and it's basically you guys have got that term to like prep yourselves and it comes into like the last hundred or so feet um so now the cataclysm is about within a hundred feet of the tower and like it's the winds that start flushing past you are almost otherworldly like scalding hot and hellish you see this humongous tornado of smoke and fire churning coming towards the tower uh, slowly but surely and the balls are coming up and you watch this tritus is still keeping the power up um, it's going to move back to the top um, so the cataclysm is coming um, we'll go to you what do you want to do so you've already cast sanctuary on yourself what's going now so 100 feet away give or 100 take feet away let's, let's throw an eldritch blast at it let's throw see what it. level 1 warlock eldritch can do you that's not gonna hit. Um, what did what did you what did you shoot? I got a five. No, unfortunately not. Ba -ba -da -da. <laughs> so you find like you you take the shot out, and it's like, but it's you're still so new to it that when you shoot, it's like the boulder just churns and like you just miss as it goes off. It's like trying to time it and make sure it gets out at the correct angle is like just the hardest thing in the world. You know, learn new powers, man. You, know, you don't know what's going on. Like throwing a, like I've just got a flashlight. I'm just <laughs> so you watch Ooh. as Tritus takes that, takes his his right hand, the one that he took away with the charging power, and and he throws out uh, a lightning bolt. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Obviously, it's like Critch has to make a dexterity saving throw. It's not going to make it to Bowler, but he needs to do damage. So. These things actually have a threshold, so. Holy hell. One, two, three, four. I have them all here, that's why. Two, four, six. Dip your hand into your wizard hat. My wizard hat of dice. dice. Into my bag. Hey, look. Matchy, matchy. Hey, matchy, matchy. <laughs> oh, my dear lord. <laughs> you know, it's, um. You know, it's gonna be a wild ride playing DD when you need to pull a calculator out to do your math. I know, I meant to bring my calculator. My, my trusty Casio 82. That high school shit. Oh yeah, man, I love my calculator. Mate, maybe not love it. Like, we're in a, we're in a good relationship. <laughs> it, it answers my, my engineering math questions. Which is basically year 10. Gnarly. So, you watch as Tritus shoots off this beam just it catches one of the boulders and just completely disintegrates it and just destroys it and he watches like the the offcuts and the shards like come in like they cover you and they cover him and he's just like oh, floating with this energy coming out and he's like they're not strong he's like they're not dexterous he's like they're just flying rocks little brother you can do it um if I can hit it and he's like, you'll get there. Um, so, yep, take another take another turn or a shot. What do you want to do? Let's take another shot. Okay, go for it. Like I've taken the BB gun out the back and trying to hit some copies. Whew, that's got to hit. 22. Yes, it mm -hmm. does. All right. Uh, let's roll my 
Hey man, I'm not doing it this way. I'm doing all proper dice this time. Ooh. Oh yeah, the um, it's moved. It's moved another fifty feet. So it's um, it's oh, that's actually gonna say with the, with the explosion of the boulder, you watch as like it's like like rolls and like sort of rolls back in, and it um takes yeah another fifty feet and comes in. Not zero. Yeah, it's always zero. It's always zero. Yeah. Seven. Gnarly. Okay. Not little damage. Wait, no. So do you read that as an eight? If if there's a zero on it, or that's seven. Yeah, it'd be a seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven. You know what's a good name? Seven. 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 Mickey Mantle's name. You know what's funny? The twenty-four, twenty-five. <laughs> so you watch this. You wait for it, and like your time as this bowler comes through, it's like, and you just nail it, skip off a piece, and he's like, <laughs> "What have you done, little brother?" And he's like, "It's harder than it looks." <laughs> just keeps like shooting magic. Now, just some more shots like that, and it'll be nothing. It'll be nothing. You know, I actually realized you meant to be making with advantage too. Sorry, that's a, that's a, that's an error on my part. Oh yeah, so I'm making especially good blasts. Alrighty. I mean, the first shot definitely wouldn't have hit because of how low that roll was. But anyway. So try I, I should have used lucky. Nah, luck. Lucky. Lucky. Um. Lucky brother. You see, Tritus is going to throw another lightning bolt. Um. Hmm, I should also keep track of the minutes. I don't stress too much of the time. Beautiful episodes. Time is wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I mean, for because each round is well, six seconds. Six seconds. So we got a minute for that thing. So we got. Yeah, 48 seconds left, I guess. Before your world gets fucked Before up. Before my sanctuary <laughs> is pierced and falls. Oh my goodness, all these numbers. So, you see us try to... That's a camera, by the way, guys, just to let you know. Yeah. Um, you see us try to... Um, shoots a lightning bolt towards the one that you skimmed as it comes back around in rotation and it goes into the path. Like, that one dissipates out. And... As you... As you look at him, it's like... He's starting to, like, shake a bit and he's like... Because as, like, as it gets closer, he's putting more energy into it. But every time he like shoots off to try and stop one of these bowlers, it's like it's throwing him off. So he's getting whomped, right? Now, as you as you get to the edge, and you and your brother are shooting these spells off, blah blah blah, and it's like you know, like spells going off like fireworks, and the Ilshem down in the, the clearing of putting more spells into this beast. Um, 
you see his like tritus floating in the air and there's magical energy coming from his hands passing through and erupting like you can see the explosions within like the churning fireworks on the inside it looks like it's working it's like almost looks like it's working and as you watch the boulder like disintegrate you're like well we actually might have this like we actually might make it you feel for a split second where it's under underneath your feet becomes frictionless and then the sound as one of the boulders comes in from the base and the tower just does that it drops hell of a power to be able to change material properties what's well, a giant flame tornado man what do you want Jeez, it's a hell of a ma- it's a magic tornado it's, it's got fire boulder magma and electricity yeah, yeah. it can turn surfaces to teflon <laughs> to teflon well more so it's probably the fact the fact it's just a big fucking rock yeah <laughs> like it basically hitting the speed of a tower at like trebuchet level fast <laughs> like, everyone just slips over yeah just <laughs> but it's like coming and hit it at the base where the weight was the heaviest yeah and you just have to buckle um you can feel it the tower starts to go down um you see it like almost in slow motion as Triton tries turns and sees you and for that split second as you look at him you watch as like that electric energy out of his eyes disappears and you see his normal eyes but then like a hard cut in your visual feed you feel yourself you've you've not changed direction but you've noticed that there's a difference in everything around you and you feel yourself falling backwards into a dark and ethereal tear in reality and as you fall into the darkness the last thing you see of your brother Tritus is him with a saddened expression as the tear in reality seals shut and you see hellfire coming down on top of him as the that little slip in reality pops away he always said he could stop time you never really believed him but he did it to save you so you cast time stop just floating around now so as you my brother was always the sacrificial type (laughs) Avidus as you float in the ethereal nothingness no light catching your eyes and there is no gravity to give you a sense of direction weightless you are left alone with your own thoughts so what are you thinking right now just pondering the sacrifice of thousands of my brother what of how I'm going to get out of this void so you know as like the the passing memories of your brother and you know the El Shem some of who you knew some of who you only met days before the hundreds of thousands of people the the cabinet electorate you know these self-imposed governing bodies that decided that they knew what was best and they hold up in their tower thinking that it was you know trusting your brother to fix it because he said he could can I detect can I use my power to detect anyone else around uh what what spell what powers are if there's any other beings around or well it's funny that you ask 
is as your mind comes to the realization of sacrifice and negligence and hubris, you remember the warmth inside the cold, it like spreads up your body and it feels like you've just been like wrapped up in a nice blanket. And all around you and in your mind, especially you hear this voice that it's like multiple voices and then eventually coalesces into one, excuse me, excuse me. And it's like, not to worry, young one. We will have you back there one day soon enough. Brother? No, unfortunately, I am not your brother. Your brother did a kind thing today and you will repay that debt, I promise. But for right now, you are needed elsewhere and you feel yourself gain momentum or you start speeding up, heading towards an unknown and unseen destination in this darkness and this blackness. Uh, and as you hurtle through the nothingness, you hear that voice again slowly fade out a little bit as you as you feel yourself pull. And he's like, and I will be with you. And then all of a sudden, you just, you hit the ground at full speed. Your face like grinds on the dirt as you like grind to a hole like and you feel the only thing you feel straight away is like the sudden warmth on the back of your head when you eventually come to a stop your ears ring for a moment as your equilibrium balances out I pick my my clump of bones up off the ground <laughs> reconstitute my skeleton <laughs> it's like even as like a semi-ethereal being I was like you still know you've got bones like <clears throat> I would have um, thought ethereals could feel broken bones. You find within yourself to eventually stand up, upright rather, and you take in your surroundings. And you're in a town. Not your town, but a town nonetheless. Townsfolk have gathered around you, um, some talking amongst themselves, and like, oh my god, look at this. And others are looking in shock. You see small children running between the adults, like trying to squeeze into get a better look at you as you like sort of peruse and take in um you feel a cool breeze pass along your body and your face um which is a nice contrast to the warm sun that you feel pressing against you four seasons in one day <laughs> so it seems within a moment you actually feel someone pulling at the sleeve of your robe and it's just like my goodness are you all right there and as you turn look down, it's a sweet younger woman, uh, platinum blonde hair. She wears a nice light blue dress, like sky blue, with a white belt. And she's you you see the one thing you know straight away is like she's um like grabbing your hands and like feeling around your arms and she's like really taking taking you in very caringly. And she goes, My name's Grace. She's like, Can you please tell me your name? Madam, where am I? She's like, Oh dear, you're a you're in Rosenborn. Rosenborn. I've heard of that place. And she's like, Rosenborn. We're in the, uh, the Wildshall Empire. This is the this is the state of, uh, Vernal. Ring mm. a bell? Anything at all? Yes. I would um with that, roll me a history check. Cause I want to see how much you remember. 
Oh, I have more in it than I thought. Uh, 13. With the 13, you vaguely remember when you were reading books about the multiverse and like travel, like the existence of other realities is not unknown to a lot of people who choose to look it up. You know, that's where like gods live on their own planes. There's the, there's the material plane. There's, you read a realm such as the Shadowfell and the Feywild. Like there's a multitude of universes that exist. You remember vaguely reading about a, you vaguely remember reading about a universe that, or rather this a particular ver, uh, universe in the multiverse this plane which is this plane which they just call the material which was just called the material plane to the natives and Rosenward the name Rosenward sort of rings a bell a little bit but as you go, like, go to think back you're having a little bit of trouble like pinning where and how you've gotten that memory and there's a little bit of a faint whisper in the ear. And it's like, don't worry about it, boy. We'll get you up. And he realizes that disembodied voice again. And you see as, um, as you're like off in your own little thought, um, Grace grabs like the sort of cheek area of your mask. And she goes, may I pull this and have a look real quick? I move back quickly. I'm sorry, ma'am. No, you may not. She's like, are you are you hurt? Are you injured? Is there something under there that I don't know about? Ma'am. I am a cleric. I'm a doctor. I'm trying to help. Ma'am, I need directions to the local, to the nearest major settlement. My name is Avatus. And she goes, and she, like, across her. She's like, well, Avatus? She's like, the next settlement is... Greyfog, the capital city of Renal. It's about three days, give or take, to get there. She's like, why don't you come to my apothecary at the end of town? We can sit you down, double check to make sure you're okay, and we can figure out where you need to go. Who do you belong to? What group? You see, she looks and she's like, I don't... I'm not part of any organization. I moved here with my husband. You can inside check if you like. Oh, that. 17. She's telling the truth. She's generally, like, she's just doing it. She's very young. She's very young. And she said she's like, I'm a cleric. Like, it seems she's literally just trying to do a job. Like, I... So she's not religiously aligned or anything. Well, all clerics are religiously aligned to a I mean, god, but she's not part of an organization. Yeah, that's she, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, she's not part of a religious organization. So she's no. not wearing like the robes of one of the major, like local. No, she's just she's just wearing a blue blue dress with white with a white like, normal belt. cleric garb. Normal cleric garb, something like blue, something soft. You know, like be inviting to people when they're 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 frazzled and they're hurt and they're upset and stuff. One thing I'll give you though is when you look when you like sort of look over yourself like trying to recollect, you still have your staff um your robes are the same I'm amazed it survived a little bit smoky but good nonetheless mainly that's probably the friction burn from hitting the deck so hard the one thing you notice though is like you can feel that 
your etherealness. But when you look at your hands, there's no reconstitution. You can feel that difference in your body. But it seems in this material realm where this material realm where these guys are, your body doesn't have to fight as hard to constitute itself. And as you're looking, I get him. A small factor you'll enjoy, young one. Different realms offer different abilities to people like you. So don't worry, you don't have to stress about disappearing on anybody anytime soon. <laughs> it fades off. But with that, Grace urges that you come back to her apothecary. Do you want to oblige or anything majorly that you want to do right now? Uh, I, f- I follow Grace with the intention of seeing where she she's leading me to. Okay. So you find she begins to like, and she be- very caringly, like she like grabs all your hands, like help you balance, like just make sure you're okay. You're really getting the sense of like she really is just trying to make sure you're okay. Like you just fell out of like the fucking sky, like in the middle of town, and she's doing. Do her they job. know I'm a warlock? The, sorry. Like, do they know I'm like a? I'm not one of them. Um, no, you find that it seems she's a little bit more polite to ask, a little bit polite to not ask at this point, but she takes you back to the apothecary and she has this lovely little, little two-story apothecary, like the bottom stairs, like the shop front and the upstairs, like where the office is. And she takes you up the stairs and it's more so, you know, she just looks over your body, make sure your hands aren't like, you're not scarred or anything like that. She like, yeah, and you see like, as she begins to roll the sleeves up, you still feel this like weird ethereal drift in your body, but you are constituted and you are whole. So being in this realm gives you a little bit more of a sense that you can pass a little bit better in public, you know what I mean? And you find she comes back to your face again. She's like, do you want to keep the mask on or would you like me to have a look? I remove the mask myself. Cool, so the mask comes off. And you find she like like grabs your head and starts having a look around, like moving your hair out of the way. And she's like, hmm, it seems the it seems your mask broke your fall, but this is looking good. You don't look injured. And um when you look off and you catch a reflection of yourself and it's the first time in a while that you've been able to look at what you used to look like without like that weird reconstitution of gases but you still feel it behind your eyes and the core of your brain in your fingertips you still have that weird connection to like this ethereum that like you came from and and the distance that you passed like when you passed through um and with that we sort of progress through so the day that you crash landed in the street was 30 years ago to the day and the townsfolk have grown accustomed to your presence but not seemingly not accepting of you as a whole a kind man named samuel samuel um lets you stay in his tavern while you take on the odd job here and there around the town you've got a very inquisitive mind and like you like to tinker and things so you just learn how to fix things in your spare time 
and people will ask you, but like be real weird about it. Um, while you reminisce on the day you lost your brother and arrived here in Vildborn, the one thing that gets noted to is from the day that you passed through and came to the material plane, you haven't aged a day since you've been here. Your mind expands and your intelligence grows, but you yourself physically do not age. And no one can explain why, not even Grace with her clerical abilities can seem to pinpoint why exactly that is. Um, so you find as you sit in the window in your room, uh, in the tavern where you stay at Samuels, uh, you, you see that a rainfall has made its way uh, to Rose and Waters. You sit against her with an open book. And all of a sudden downstairs, you hear some shouting. And then a as a glass gets shattered, like in a throw. And again, that familiar disembodied voice. Sounds like you don't want to take a look at that. And that's where we're at. <laughs> I'm going to find out the name of that voice. <laughs> See if I can turn him off. <laughs> to turn the voice off. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get to it. Oh, that was awesome. That was fun. I, li- was I like fun. the I like the way you I, interact with characters. Yeah, and I like um, I like how the two ideas like like for my idea you've ad- how you've adapted it. Like my idea for Avatus, you've adapted it. Into- uh, it's I, I always wanted to make sure that like both of the ideas that we have for making a fulfilling story can meet in the middle. Oh yeah, and yeah. And I'm as we've come oh, through, yeah, like, I'm I, really I was, confident. So I was so interested to see what you were gonna do with it because it's like such a Fantastical. Like it's a high, it was a high concept sort of idea. But, yeah. But that really needed to be distilled down into something that's into a, this mechanic. That's all right. So um, so you you're born how again? <laughs> yeah, you born how again? But it's good. We're gonna talk about that um in our back checks episode, which we're gonna do. Um, but typical things before I round off the episode, is there anything you like to plug? Any companies, games, bands, anything you like? We do plugs at the end of every episode. Ooh, any plugs? Jeez. Uh, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Dare Ice Coffee for, com- for killing hungry thirsty dead. <laughs> Isn't that oak? Oh yeah, that's oak. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking oak. <laughs> It's they may but look they're made in the same factory okay like surely they're, right they're, they're they're brothers in arms as far as I'm concerned they're both killing hungry thirst like sh- surely right they, yeah, I like abs- I love absolutely yeah. for me it's monster shout out monster energy if you want to sponsor a Dungeons and Dragons podcast bang my motherfucking line because yeah. I'll drink that shit like it's yeah water. don't drink Red Bull drink monster hey Red Bull's okay yeah but monster gives you like that tenacious like racket energy yeah exactly that, that i'm here i'm here for well for me i'm gonna plug the i'm gonna plug the holy trinity um at reckless creatures on instagram at underscore dive the beholder underscore and at michael gelfi music all three of those accounts um reckless creatures do awesome dungeons and dragons inspired merchandise dive the beholder has been nothing but kind to us since day one and we're currently doing sponsored partnerships she's making custom dice sets for us and we're going to help push the products and all that sort of stuff and at michael gelfi music does all the TTRPG sound effects that I use for all of our episodes and all that sort of jazz. Follow me on Patreon, Bandcamp, Spotify, all that sort of jazz. But that's going to be it for this episode. This is Jack and Cody signing off. You guys have a wonderful day now.